This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Every Passover, we recall the 10 plagues of Egypt. But is there something more significant to understand than just the words on the page? Well, Jake Hilton explains how the events that unfolded during the plagues of Egypt reveal Yehovah's redemption plan outlined in the book of the Revelation. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat night, live. Shabbat Shalom to our fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Hey, if you watched that little monologue in the beginning, you saw that our Passover event is coming. Yes, it will be right here at a Rood Awakening. First time we're announcing it, April 26 to 28. Keep your calendar open for those dates. We'll have more information coming soon. And speaking of Passover, is there something more to the 10 plagues than we realize? Could there be a clue as to how the book of the Revelation unfolds? Well, we're going to find out tonight with Jake Hilton. It's episode five, our, our sixth episode series, uh, The Golden Honey of the Torah. Well, not our series, his series. <laughs> but before we get to the details on that, we are on the fourth Shabbat of the 11th month on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There you see it right there. Now, please welcome my co-host with some very interesting information, Angie Clark. Welcome, well, Angie. Shabbat shalom, Scott. Shabbat Thank shalom. you for having me. Certainly. Yeah, we wanted to have you here because there's something very special we are doing uh, regarding something you take care of, and that is the Ambassador Club. Correct. So, uh, could you explain what you have to your right there and what that is all about? Absolutely. We are beginning a new uh, program, a new campaign okay. to uh, get more ambassadors to come on board, and I'm so excited about it. Um, Donna, she is, you know, she's she's on the, she's on the ball. <laughs> so I told her, I said, let's do something for the ambassador. She said, I know the perfect bag. Okay. So you will get this amazing bag with our ambassador logo on it, and it's just full of uh, other containers. I mean, just, oh my goodness, yeah, it's, it's like a, it holds all kinds of stuff. It's a great little, it's a great little um, set. And not only that, you will get with this a Chronological Gospels Bible. Oh, really? The second edition? The second edition. Wow. You'll get a calendar, um, just more little gifts that's going to come with this. Okay. And what this is, this is for an annual donation of $1,200, uh, not your $100 a month, but a, a one-time payment. Okay. Yearly. Uh, yep. $1,200 or more. So, so now if someone is already an Ambassador Club member and they're already giving the 100 a month and they're not quite at their uh, you know, their renewal date uh, or whatever, can they just go ahead and say, you know what, I just want to I just want to bless you guys with another 1200 I want to get that stuff. Absolutely, that? absolutely. And this is going to last for quite a while, so. Okay. So yeah, we're excited about it. Well, good stuff. Okay, so again, that is for, uh, there's two options for the Ambassador Club, monthly, like you said, mm -hmm. or the one-shot deal for the year, 1200 and that's only for the one-shot deal. That's a special thing just for that. Right? Yes, correct. And a lot of people, you know, they want, they think that the Love Gift and the Ambassador Club are the same thing, but they're not. They're two different ah. programs. And so this, what the Ambassador Club does is it helps us stay on the air and it helps us pay our bills. It helps us put food on our table, yep. you know, and so... It's, we, I like to call them our boots on the ground. They're literally helping reach nations and uh, snatching souls out of the fire, so. Exactly, and, and you know, when something like uh, what happened in Israel happens, we then have the funds to go ahead and do something. Absolutely. We don't have to think about it because if we were to say, oh, there's something happened in Israel, now we have to raise some money because we want to help out. It's already it's there. It's already there. Which is the great thing about the Ambassador Club because yeah. that, you know the consistent giving really helps us plan properly and when a disaster happens, we're there. And not, and that's wonderful, but not only that, the Ambassador Club is a, 
a true community. We have a Facebook page that only ambassadors are welcome on. And, uh, you know, there's been people that have connected on there. There's fellowships that have started. Mm. It, it's a really, really great community. And I'm just honored to be part of it. And you kind of, you know, I like the way you do it, Angie, because like you'll let the ambassadors know about something before everybody else. You know, yes. you get the little, the little lowdown before the rest of the Absolutely. group. Absolutely. That's so. like speaking of Passover coming up. Yeah. They get the notification first, them and the exec, executive producers. To come here in the studio, here. because there's only 70 seats. I mean, that right. may be something else we should talk about too, is sure. that for Passover, uh, again, April 26 to 28, there are only 70 seats available in this, uh, well, we're, we're having it right here in the studio. Right. And so after that, it's watch online only. So if you want to come here and experience Passover with Michael Rood and the guests we're having, uh, we, I guess we can let that go too. We've got... Matthew Vanderell's coming. We've got Jake Hilton coming. And Avi Lipkin, live from Israel. My We're going to have a Q&A if we can swing it. What a lineup. Huh? Live Q&A with Avi right up here from Israel because um, we didn't want him to do it on Shabbat because he, he wouldn't want to do it. So by the time afternoon Saturday rolls around, it's not Shabbat in Israel anymore. Right. So that works for him. So Absolutely. we're going to do it. More, more details to come. Yes, more details to come, far more details to come. So anyway, there's the information so far on the bottom of your screen there. And uh, now, speaking of the love gift that you mentioned, very cool, now speaking of Avi, let's- Speaking of Avi. He is doing the teaching. We just did this uh, a little while ago. Sometimes we tape these things long in advance, but we just spoke with Avi and what he had to say was so relevant and so timely. We said, you know what? We were gonna plan something for, for February, move it aside, Avi's going in because you have to hear this. This is what's really going. Yeah, it's what's really going on in Israel from a guy who's in Israel. Right. And he actually, we were going to have him here to do something with us. He was going to fly out here, but he says, "I'm not leaving my family while all this mm, uncertainty is going on. I'm staying here and I'm going to defend my country in any way I can." Both of his sons have been called back to the military. Mm -hmm. Aaron Lipkin, who's been here before, guess what? He's now fighting. He got called up. Yeah. He got called up. So Avi is staying there, but he's willing to do everything he was going to do here in the United States. He was going to do a big church tour. A lot of churches invite him out. Mm -hmm. uh, he's doing it from there. And he says, any way I can get the, the word out, he's a great ambassador between uh, Jews and Christians. I, he loves both, both people. I remember him filming this, you guys filming this, and he was saying, do you really want me to say what I want to say? Yeah. And Scott's like, yes, bring it. So this is something you really need to put in your library. Yep, it is definitely a keeper. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> because what he, I'm sure there's some things in there too that, that are coming that we're not even seeing yet. And I'm it's sure. almost gonna seem like prophecy. But I'm sure. Yeah, amazing stuff. Anyway, so that's it for a gift of $50 or more. Mm -hmm. um, now you hear us talk a lot about money, the ambassador club, there's this, you know, all kinds of things. Guys, this is how we get the word out, okay? So this is, unfortunately it takes money and that's just the way it is. And yes, I know if you might be watching this on Shabbat, you know, it is what it is. This is the only opportunity we get to talk to you. So thank you for just you know uh, sticking with us and, and bearing with us as we as we tell you this stuff because this is the only opportunity we get. But anyway, there's all kinds of other great gifts you get, including now what is this, Angie? This is a Torah scroll. Yes, <laughs> the cup, it's a strong magnet, but it will open. Yeah. <laughs> It actually has the Torah scroll in it. It has the, the 10 words, the 10 commandments on the outside. And, and then, on, the, ooh, look at this. on the inside. It's a real Torah scroll. It's a like real the whole Torah, Torah scroll. On there. Yeah, it's a real Torah scroll. And uh, that is that the, the, the. That's the gift for $300 or more. Okay. We're going to let the commercial do the rest of the talking because we've run out of time. Sounds so, good. So tonight, you are going to see a little bit of this. Take a look. The first two woes is this image of the Great Tribulation period that we will go through, we will all experience. But then that third and final woe is the wrath of God being poured out specifically on the wicked. All right, so is there something more significant to understanding the 10 plagues? Jake Hilton explains how they just might reveal Yehovah's redemption plan outlined in the book of the Revelation. The Kiddush with Michael is next, so we will see you back here in uh, two minutes. See you then. The same threat that Israel faces is coming soon to America. In a hard-hitting message that got him banned from Christian television, Avi Lipkin delivers the truth about what's going on. The information has to be gotten out to all of you in America because uh, you, you just don't get the information in your media. I think your media people in the States don't even know these things. 
only select, uh, you know, media people like you, no, and Michael Rood, no these things. Israel from the Inside with Avi Lipkin explains Israel's war with its neighbors, civil war brewing within its own borders, new threats of terror tunnels under Jewish towns, and political backstabbing inside the Knesset. This teaching is not available anywhere online, but we'll give it to you as our thanks for supporting A Rood Awakening International. When you donate $50 as a love gift to this ministry in February, we'll give you Israel from the Inside with Avi Lipkin on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll give you Israel from the Inside, plus a decorative blue and gold mezuzah made of pewter featuring an image of the menorah. Donate $300 and we'll give you Israel from the Inside, the pewter mezuzah, and a complete Torah scroll in Hebrew protected in a cylindrical leather-like case. These gifts are a limited-time offer from Michael Root to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Thank you. Your donations ensure that urgent teachings like Israel from the Inside with Avi Lipkin keep coming from A Root Awakening International. Use your smartphone to scan the QR code on your screen to donate now and receive these limited-time gifts. Or call 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com. There is a rabbinic tradition, even a takanot, a law which changed biblical law, that before one eats bread, one must wash their hand with a two-handled pot, a nagelvesser, and say this prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by your commandments, commanding us to wash the hands. Nowhere in the scripture is this ever commanded. In fact, the rabbis will plainly say that we are the ones that made it up, and when you are obeying us, you're obeying God. Well, Yeshua said, do not follow the takanot of the Pharisees. Do not follow their man-made rules and regulations. But every time there is bread, every time we can remember what Yeshua said, what he put in place. And we can say the prayer, Baruchatah Yehovah Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Min HaAretz. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And Yeshua said, I am the bread brought forth in the earth. This represents my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, if it's every meal, if it's every Sabbath, you do it in remembrance of me, because by his stripes, we were healed. And Yeshua took the cup, and he said, Baruch atah Yehovah, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, pari hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And Yeshua said, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood, the broken covenant in which we were offered to be priests and kings. Yeshua paid the price. He renewed the covenant with us and made us priests and kings. And so as often as we do this, we remember this and we reign as priests and kings now and will do so in the future with Yeshua for a thousand years in our resurrected body along with his resurrected body. And we do this in remembrance of him. You know, Michael Rood says that Revelation is the easiest book of the Bible to understand. I don't know too many people that say that, but I tell people that if you wanna understand Revelation, at least from my perspective, the way I, I learn it, is I say, read Exodus first, and then go directly to Revelation and read Revelation. Then you'll start to get it. You'll see all these correlations. Uh, but what I've learned with these correlations is just the tip of the iceberg. We have someone who's gonna tell us a lot more that what's below the surface. Jake Hilton, welcome back to Shabbat Night Live. Oh, thank you so very much. Today, I know you wanna tell us about the plague's prophecy. Yes, the plague's prophecy, and going with that whole idea of the iceberg. You got the tip there on the surface, but you go down deep, that's where the bulk is, that's where the majority is. And when you go through Exodus and the 10 plagues that are poured out on the Egyptians, 
there is so much to this, so many patterns, and one prophecy in particular that when God showed this to me, when my eyes were open to this, it was actually during a live stream teaching. I hadn't seen it before, and as I was doing a live stream teaching on this section of the Torah, it's, it clicked right there during the live stream, and I'm like, okay, I just have to open my mouth and go with this, and right there, I went with it. I'm like, that it just floored me. Huh. And it's, it's, it's certainly something that uh, I, I hope will be a great blessing to uh, the audience here. And this is the kind of stuff that I just thrive on. Once again, the golden honey of the Torah, the spirit and truth of it, uh, the sword of Yehovah ministries, that's what we're always looking to do. And uh, if you'd like to go to the channel, a little you know, shameless thing here. No, absolutely, uh, YouTube.com sure. forward slash YHVH sword. There are buttons there, subscribe buttons. You go ahead and push those things. Absolutely. And the bell icon so that you and get alerted, right? <laughs> get Whenever you put up something new. Yeah, yeah. If, if, okay. if this is the kind of stuff that you enjoy and you want to be nourished by you know the spirit and truth of God's word, this is what we're always focusing on with the Sword of Yehovah Ministries, so. I'm excited for this Great. one, really excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued by this, just because I love the correlations between uh, Revelation and Exodus. So mm -hmm. yeah, tell us, tell us more about this. Oh yes. So going further with the golden honey and spirit and truth of the Torah, when we look at the 10 plagues of Egypt and this plagues prophecy, we've got to first start with these patterns that we can clearly see in the 10 plagues. First, we've got the plague of blood, the river Nile. We've got the frogs that come up out of the Nile on the land, cover the land, and then we get to the third plague where beginning here with plague number three, the gnats, or it can also be translated as lice, it's one of these words we're not quite sure, but uh, most you know, agree that it was very likely gnats, a plague of gnats. When we start here with plague number three, we see this pattern that's established with every third plague. So we see it with plague three, the gnats. We see it with plague six, the boils over the physical bodies of the Egyptians. And not just the Egyptian humans, but also the animals. It was put on the, the Egyptian animals as well. And then as well as the ninth plague, the plague of darkness for those three days. Three, six, and nine, every third plague it's really incredible how no warning is given to the Egyptians about the coming plague. You have the first and the second plague mm -hmm. where Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh and the word is delivered, let my people go so that they may serve me. And that's, that's important to point out is that it's not just let my people go, it's also this is why you need to let them go. They've been serving you, Pharaoh, they need to serve me. They've been serving a false god, they need to serve the true god. So let them go so they may serve me. First and second plague, warning, warning, but then the third plague comes and no warning is given. Hmm. This repeats for the third plague, the sixth plague, and the ninth plague. And not to mention those warnings, there's, he was given a perfect amount of warnings, seven warnings. Yes, exactly. Because those, yeah, right? So. Yeah, so, but three, and three this, is, this repeats, you know, you know, perfectly. If this, you know, only showed up, you know, maybe the third time and the fifth time or the seventh time, things like that, you wouldn't be able to establish a pattern. Right. But this is an absolute pattern oh, absolutely. that we can yeah. establish. So let's just turn to the third plague and let's read this from Exodus chapter eight. It reads, Then Yehovah said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats, or once again, it can be translated as lice. They did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. When the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard and he would not listen, just as Yehovah had said. Hmm. So it, it's like you get a first warning from the Almighty, you get a second warning from the Almighty, but then you do not get a third warning. <laughs> Three strikes are out. Yeah, that's right. It's like it's you know, it's like two strikes and you know, a third one just it comes. Yeah. 
Warning, warning, no warning. Warning, mm. warning, no warning. Warning, warning, no warning. It's just, it's repeated perfectly with the sixth, excuse me, the third, sixth, and ninth plagues. So there's that pattern that we can clearly, clearly see and establish the no, the warnings and the no warning <laughs> pattern. <laughs> and then this is just fascinating. I absolutely love this so much, especially when we are thinking and applying one of the primary reasons why Yehovah is bringing these plagues on the land of Egypt. It, it's this image of going to war against the, the pagan gods, that each plague is a direct attack against a god of Egypt. Right. Mm-hmm. He is directly attacking their supposed authority, establishing the reality that these aren't gods. I am God. I am Yehovah. I am the true God. These are just a bunch of false gods. Starting from the lowest, going all the way up to the highest, and the highest in the land would have been Pharaoh himself, who was viewed as a, a living God. But when we look at the second plague, the plague of the frogs, and we look at the sixth plague, the, the plague of the boils, there's another pattern that we can establish that's, it's like a transition pattern from a lower level up to a higher level. Now, let's read about that second plague, the plague of the frogs, and establish this pattern. Exodus 8 reads, Then Yehovah said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what Yehovah says, Let my people go so that they may worship or they may serve me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and on your bedroom, into your bed, in the houses of your officials and on your people and your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. Then Yehovah said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land. Stress this point, the Nile will teem with frogs. Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land. So we had the first plague, the Nile turning to blood, and we can look at that as the lowest level. It's sure. literally the lowest level. You know, it's, it's the water going even you know, below you know, the surface. And that is the first plague. Then we get into the second plague where the second plague starts there mm-hmm. at that lowest level, but it transitions up onto the land. And what we see is that the next few plagues are all on the land. We got the frogs, and then the very next one is the gnats, Mm -hmm. where it's from the very dust of the ground that these gnats are created. That's where they come from. And then it goes from the gnats to the flies. It's all on that surface level. And then it's the livestock of Egypt, you know, that they're they're dying. All of it is on that surface level. Then we get to the sixth plague about the boils, and we see this yet again, a transition from land this time up to the air, up into the Mm. sky. The sixth plague, the boils that were brought on the Egyptians and on the Egyptian animals, it reads in Exodus 9, Then Yehovah said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and festering boils will break out on people and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, and festering boils broke out on people and animals. Stress this, take handfuls of soot from a furnace and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh. Hmm. Water, transition up onto the land. Interesting. On the land, we're on the land for a time, and now we're going to toss this, go from the land up into the air. And this is what we see, is that all of the plagues that come after that, they're all in that higher realm. They're airborne. They're airborne. Mm-hmm. Even the plague of the locusts, it says that they were brought by the wind. wind. Yeah, it does Like, too. it's all up mm. in that, you know, highest level. So... We look at this, this, this curved line here, and we're gonna start at that lowest level where we, we just see that the, the, the severity of these plagues, it just gets worse and worse and worse, heavier and heavier upon the, the hand of Yehovah gets heavier upon the hand of the Egyptians. 
The first plague is that the river was turned to blood. And then we have the second plague, the frogs, from the river onto the land that transition, the frogs. Then we have gnats that are from the dust, flies, livestock, all of them on that surface level. Then we have this second transition from the land up into the air with the boils. And then comes the last of the plagues, hail and lightning. And it's even with that plague, the hail and lightning, where Yehovah says that, if you do not let my people go, I will bring the full force of my plagues upon you. Hmm. So it's like what, what you've experienced thus far is nothing about what's coming, hmm. okay? Wow. You've been warned once, warned twice, then you weren't given a warning. You've been warned once, warned twice, then you weren't given a warning. This is your last warning here, okay? We're going to, this is what's gonna happen. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse hail and lightning, and then the next one is the locusts, and they are brought, once again, from the wind, so it's still in that upper realm. Then it comes to darkness, darkness for three days and three nights, hmm. where the sun, you, know, you wanna talk about something that's high up there, you got the sun, which, you know, one of their greatest gods, uh, Egyptian god, Ra, the sun god, God is blacking him out, going like, no, I created the sun. There is this, this sun god that you worship is you know, completely false. And the only thing that could be considered higher than dark, than you know, light itself being darkened would be life itself being extinguished. Hmm. And that's what that final plague is. It's an attack, direct attack against the, the king god who right. is the pharaoh over the whole land. That Yehovah is saying, you, you claim to be this God of life. You can't even protect your own son. Mm. I am the God of life. I'm the God that gives life and I'm the God that takes away. So it kind of goes from water to land to air mm. to space, as it were, because that's even, you know, with the darkness, mm. that's even above where even, the locusts high, are. And, higher than that, yeah. Yeah, and then goes right to the spirit realm. Yeah, right I mean, into really. the spirit, exactly. As high as you can go. Yeah, It goes from the lowest all the way to the highest. And what I see so clearly here is that Yehovah, he's declaring war against these pagan gods and he's doing it from the lowest to the highest. And it's just so cool to see these, these transition plagues from the river mm. to the land, from the land up into the air, all the way up to the highest you can possibly get, which as you said, yeah, it, it would be the entering the heavenlies, entering the spiritual realm itself. It reads in Exodus 12, 12, that on that same night, I, Yehovah, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am Yehovah. Amen, amen mm. to that. So we see this, this pattern of the, the, the transition plagues of the, the frogs and the boils and getting into this this next image that we see this this was the this was the thing that when i saw this during a live stream teaching mm -hmm. i just had to pause and go is is this happening it's like yes this is happening and i i opened my mouth and the the very thing that yeshua promises his disciples in matthew chapter 10 i just i i know that it was fulfilled he says that uh, you will be brought before the the rulers and the kings and you know this and the, the the Sanhedrin and all these and that do not concern yourself about what you will speak beforehand, right. for it will be given to you in the very moment you need it what to speak. For it will not even be you speaking, but it will be the Spirit of my Father speaking through you. Getting into this uh, plagues prophecy, this is where we have to look at the fourth of the 10 plagues, the plague of the flies. We get to these uh, pretty nasty critters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's something that I've always uh, you know, said is, uh, I can't even remember where I heard this, but uh, if Noah had been truly wise, he would have swatted those two flies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the they, 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 most annoying creatures out there for certain. But with this fourth plague, we see something so profound. Exodus chapter eight reads, Then Yehovah said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, This is what Yehovah says. Let my people go so that they may serve or they may worship me. 
If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people, and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered with them. But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there, so that you will know that I, Yehovah, am in this land. I will make a distinction. <laughs> what's, what's amazing about the Hebrew there, translated as make a distinction or put a division between my people and your people, it literally is, I will put a deliverance oh, on my wow. people or make a redemption on my people. So it can be absolutely translated that way. I will make a distinction or I will put a deliverance. I will put a redemption between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. And Yehovah did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. Hmm. And I just, I have to focus there. Yehovah says, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I, Yehovah, am in this land. I will make that distinction, put that deliverance, that redemption between my people and your people. So this is where he starts to set apart. Well, and that's, that's what's so extraordinary about this is when it comes to the fourth plague of the 10, this is where he's making a point hmm. of there's a difference now between my people and your people. Whereas previously, with the previous three plagues, the Nile being turned to blood, the frogs coming up from the Nile onto the land with that transition, and then with the gnats from the dust, there's no mention anywhere of any of this. There's, there's no mention in the word of a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. There's no mention of a deliverance, of a redemption, anything like that. And so we have to ask the question, does that imply that for those first three plagues of the 10 total, did the Israelites themselves experience those first three? And there's certainly evidence for that because when it comes to the, the river and the waters being turned to blood, there was warning given and the Israelites had to prepare for it. You know, they had to set water apart because you know, they didn't want to go through what the Egyptians were going through, but they would still experience that, that, mm. that plague in their land. It was still, the, the plague of the river being turned to blood, it was still going to be throughout the land of Goshen. God just gave them sufficient warning so that they could actually you know, prepare. Um, we read previously about the gnats, and the word specifically says that they will be everywhere. That would be the third play. Mm. They will be everywhere. Okay. When the word doesn't, you know, when, when the word waits until the fourth plague to have this you know, specific division mentioned, I, I think that's worthy to pause and go, okay, does that mean that the first three plagues, the Israelites experienced them as well? And I believe that they did. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that with that, we can establish uh, this plague's prophecy, which... Uh, Wow, when we tie it in, as you mentioned previously, the book of the Revelation, there's a glorious message that we can see and apply and gives us such hope for the future. Okay, so. well, hang on to that thought. We'll reveal that in just a second Oh, most here. certainly. So, all right, so thank you for supporting this program. Thank you for bringing Jake here. Your donations did it. Your donations also can ensure that other people see this into the future, especially when we're talking about Revelation and what Exodus tells us and teaches us about Revelation. Other folks need to see this. Other folks need to make these correlations so that they can prepare like the Israelites did for what is coming in our world today. This is an important teaching for the future. So your donations ensure that others in the future can see this. Thank you in advance for doing it. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. If you've ever been to a Passover event with Michael Rood, you know we sing this glorious song, The Ten Plagues of Egypt. It's a lot of fun to sing. Not so fun when the Egyptians and the Israelites were going through it. And Jake, before the break, we were talking about how it is quite possible, and, and I make the assumption as well, mm. that the first three plagues, everybody in the region was subject to. Yes. And everybody went through the blood, the frogs, and the gnats. Yes. 
uh, or the uh, lights Lice. or whatever. It be, yeah, we're, it's yeah. it's a it's a difficult word to translate. But and it only could be either. And only then, on the fourth plague, is are things uh, separated. And you know what's interesting about that? Just by the mm. way, you know how the. Uh, there's always gematria, and we can always read into things, maybe a little too deeply or whatever. But, mm. but you know, four is always uh, related to Yeshua or is re- it? redemption. Yes. Mm. So as the fourth plague comes around, all of a sudden there's this setting apart. I will put a, a deliverance. A deliverance. And who redemption. is our deliverer? Who is yeah. our redemption? It's Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow. Yehovah sends His Son and redeems us, delivers mm. us out of the hands of, we can say, the spiritual Egyptians, yeah. right? And I just, oh, I, I love this so very much because the world is a dark place and getting ever darker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes if we are not focusing on Yehovah and on His Word, we can be overcome with that darkness and, and go into lapses of hopelessness. Yep. You know, you know, the enemy is winning, darkness and evil is everywhere, but it's a message like this that just gives us such hope for the future. And you might be saying, it's like, well, the Israelites going through three of the you know, 10 plagues, you know, how does that give me hope? Well, looking at what God is saying is, is amazing. So you, let's get right into this. Well, sure, one thing okay. I mentioned too is that oh, you yeah. know, when, it's funny how when you look at all this kind of stuff and you look at uh, what's very popular nowadays, at least in our circles, mm. we see, and, and it doesn't seem to be in other circles, is prepping, ah, right? right? For, for what's coming, we right. see what's happening. For some reason, when we follow the Torah and the Spirit, when you know when we have the, mm-hmm. the salvation of Yeshua and we live by the Torah, He reveals stuff to us. 100%. You know, and yeah. He warns us, and it's, it's, we have this urgency yeah. to save Noah, what? build that ark. Exactly. Joseph, you got seven years to prep because famine yeah. is coming. Right, yeah. and so in like these first three plagues, Yehovah warns his people, look, Mm -hmm. it's gonna come on you guys too, get ready. And who knows if 90% of the Egyptians were blindsided, Mm. like the world is today. What, what's going on? The banks banks are having trouble, what? Now Pharaoh and his officials were warned, but did that warning go out to all the Egyptians? Very likely not, yeah. Right, yeah, Yeah. so but yet, God's people listened and they hunkered down and got ready. So that's another interesting aspect. Uh, Very, very, Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no, incredible, so beautiful, yes. Three plagues, the first three of the 10, we can say with, I would say certainty that the Israelites are going through it just as the Egyptians, which means that it's the last seven of the 10 that actually only happened to the Egyptians because it's at that fourth plague, I will put a deliverance, make a redemption. There's gonna be a difference now going forward between my people and your people. And when we turn to the book of the Revelation of Yeshua, uh, maybe Michael Rood would say it's the easiest book to understand in the Bible, but if that is true, then it, it can only be true if you have that solid foundation in Torah. If you're just going, if, if you're only focusing on the back of the book and ignoring the front of the book, as unfortunately most Christians do, then books like the Revelation are just gonna be a total mystery to you, right. complete mystery. But when we go to the book of the Revelation with that solid foundation from the Torah, we look at this image here, lightning, thunder, it, it's, it's, it's frightening stuff. And this image being a representation of not just tribulation that's mentioned in the Torah, but great tribulation, a period of time that Yeshua, prophetically speaking of in Matthew chapter 24, says that no period previous has been like it and there will never be a period in the future like it. This period of great tribulation is the worst as it gets. And Yeshua has promised us, the disciples, John 16, b that in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And when we get to this, this image of the great tribulation in the book of the Revelation, we have what are called the, the three woes. Mm, there's, yes. the, there's this eagle that flies high in the sky and you know, it declares these three woes. And God's people, they end up going through the first two of those three woes, but it's only the wicked that go through that third woe. We can say the first two woes is this image of the great tribulation period that we will go through, we will all experience, but then that third and final woe is the wrath of God being poured out specifically on the wicked. That's, that's something they get, but we don't. But concerning the great tribulation itself, 
We can read uh, about this imagery in Revelation chapter 10, verse 4, about seven thunders. It says, when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Hmm. That what the seven thunders speak and John understands about the types of things that the saints, that the Israelites are going to be experiencing during the tribulation period is truly horrendous. And God doesn't even want us to have the details about what that kind of stuff is. He's like, don't, don't even, don't write this stuff down. You know, seal it up. Hmm. We ask the question, how long is that great tribulation period? It is a period of three and a half years. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days, all three of them are used in the book of the Revelation to represent the same time period. And praise be to God, that time does come to an end. Yeshua also talks about this in Matthew 24, saying that, that if this period of great tribulation, if, it, if those days weren't shortened, then no one would survive. Mm -hmm. That's how awful this period is, where we got the beast kingdom and the false prophet and their 10 kings and their armies and all the wickedness. And uh, destruction is, you know, throughout the whole world, God's people are going through great tribulation. A lot of them, unfortunately, are, are, are killed because the beast, you know, is given authority during that three and a half year period to even overcome God's holy people and, and kill them. You know, I, I wonder with, with John uh, taking what, he, what Yeshua said and writing it down, and then Yeshua saying, uh, you know, basically don't even write this down because mm. number one, it's gonna be so frightening that you're just gonna lose all hope and I don't want you to lose all hope. Maybe right. that's number one. And number two, I think, you know, maybe he just wants us to, you know, walk by his side day by day and trust him and take his instructions right. one at a time so that we don't, you know, stray and we have to cling to him. Well, you know? he, he, as we read previously, he tells, he tells his disciples that yes, in the world you will have tribulation. He makes that clear. Yeah. But don't fear, you know, don't let this discourage you to that right. point of hopelessness because I have overcome the world. Right. And so when it comes to this time period of the Great Tribulation, it's gonna be intense, it's gonna be brutal. We know this, we, we're not told the exact details, we don't want to know the exact details, but mm -hmm. we want to always have our, our faith and our hope secure, focusing on God and His Son Yeshua and the end result. And whatever our physical end is, whatever that looks like, well, we know that that's not the end. Right. We have a great reward to look forward to. And this is you know, <laughs> focusing on that great reward. Yes, we may go through those three and a half years of great tribulation, but then comes the rapture, as you know, many people like to say. And let me stress, it's not pre-tribulation, <laughs> it's post-tribulation. It's at the end of the tribulation period. We are raptured or caught up into the cloud to be with the bridegroom, and we have that great reward, the reward of the resurrection, where John, talks about in his epistle that what we will be in the resurrection has not even yet been totally revealed to us. Mm. But what we do know is that when he, Yeshua, returns, we will see him as he is, for we will be like him. Wow. And I'm looking forward to that. Be <laughs> I'm looking forward to trading in this old clunker of a vehicle <laughs> for a you know, Aston Martin or yeah. something. <laughs> an know? eternal Aston yes, Martin. Yes, give me an eternal <laughs> Aston Martin or, you know, a, a Bugatti Veyron or something <laughs> like that. You know, I'm looking forward to that. And that's the, that's the hope that we cling to. And that's what, that's what gives us that hope that no matter what we go through in this world, we have the promises of God and they are secure. They are firm. They're not going anywhere. But then after the resurrection and the righteous being caught up into the cloud to be with Yeshua, this is where we have the wrath of the Almighty God poured out on the wicked. And praise be to God, as Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we will have tribulation, even great tribulation in this world, but wrath, the wrath of the Almighty, that's something that we're not appointed to. Right. We, we don't need to worry about that. Yeah, we'll go through the first two of the three woes, but the third woe, that's only for the wicked. Or when you talk about the, the Exodus, right? Mm -hmm. we, the Israelites will go for, through the 
first three of the ten plagues, but we don't need to worry about the next seven, right? Yeah, I was just going to bring that up because (laughs) this is Thessalonians. So this is Paul talking. This is before the revelation of of Yeshua to John. Mm. So, you know, Paul's not making this up. This isn't a new teaching. Right, right. Right, I mean, we as the church and our church mindset have to remember, this is not new from and, and, Paul. He's Paul, getting this from somewhere. Yes, and, and Paul, with the background that he came from. He's the Pharisee of Pharisees. Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, he, he was a, a student of, who Gamaliel. still to mm-hmm. this day is revered as one of the greatest rabbis ever to have lived, Gamaliel. He knew the Torah forwards and backwards. He is a, he's building on that knowledge, on that foundation. Yeah. So we go back to Torah Exodus 8, 23a, this is that fourth plague, right? Yehovah says, I will make a distinction or I will put a deliverance between my people and your people from this point forward, okay? Yes, my people, like you, there was all tribulation in the land. My people went through these plagues too, the first three, but the next seven are only for you, Pharaoh, and your people. They're only for that spirit and truth of the word, only for the wicked. Mm -hmm. And now going to the book of the Revelation, I would ask the question, how many plagues of God's wrath are there that are poured out specifically on the wicked? Hmm. Well, if it mirrors Exodus, <laughs> and if it mirrors Exodus exactly, then I guess it would be the this, this seven like we had. The in. seven, yes. Okay, exactly. so is that right? It is all seven? Okay. 100%. 100%. In the Revelation, there are seven plagues of God's wrath. Now, we're not appointed to the wrath, hmm. but the wicked are. The, quote, Egyptians are. Yep. We will go through the first three of the ten in great tribulation, but the next seven, we don't need to concern ourselves with. You know, maybe this, we're not appointed to it. And maybe this <laughs> is why Michael says that Revelation is so easy to understand. This just dawned on me that if, if Yeshua is going to reveal to John, look, it's going to be exactly like it was in Egypt. Mm. You suffer three, the last seven are not for you. They're not for you. The very same thing. It's mm. almost like, you know, in Hebrew, if we, re- if we repeat something, it's confirming something. Right. So Yeshua is saying, look, no more guesswork. This yeah. is the way it's going to be. I'm going to deliver my people right. at this time. I'm going to redeem my people. I'm going to separate my people from you. And then comes the wrath. Yeah. And the wrath we got seven plagues that were poured out on the Egyptians, only on the Egyptians, right. and we got seven plagues in the Revelation poured out on the wicked. And that's maybe why we can be so confident that it is so easy to understand because it just will be this way and there's no more guesswork. But, but here, here, and here's the thing that's really amazing about the Revelation. From the very first verse of the Revelation, it tells us the audience it's written to. It's written to a very specific audience. It's not written to the general population. It says that it's written to the servants of Jesus. The the word there in the Greek is doulos. It means a bond servant or even a bond slave. For the sold out bond servants to the Messiah, to Almighty God, Yehovah, to the word of truth, those that are in this to the very end, no matter what that end looks like, the revelation is written for that group. It's not written for anybody else. It's written to the servants and only to the servants. Hmm. It's written to the house of Israel, spiritual Israel, those that are born of the Spirit, the true worshipers, they worship God in spirit and in truth. So I, I, just, I love it so much. Now, <laughs> when we look at those seven plagues of God's wrath that's poured out on the wicked, we can clearly see uh, a parallel in so many of these plagues to the plagues that were poured out on Egypt. For instance, the first plague was sores upon the entire body. Second plague is the sea turned to blood. All creatures in the sea die. Third plague, rivers and springs turned to blood. The wicked are forced to drink blood. Fourth plague, they're scorched with heat from the sun. Fifth plague, darkness, a plague of darkness that engulfs the beast's global kingdom. Sixth plague, the river Euphrates dries up, and that's preparation for that final battle and the destruction of the wicked at Armageddon. And then we have the seventh and final plague where we have the greatest earthquake of all time, plus these 100-pound hailstones. So there's differences, most certainly, no question, but there are still patterns. We, we, we see uh, boils, we see water being turned into blood. We see an image of uh, darkness uh, throughout the whole land. We see, this hundred, we see these hailstones. Now, they weren't 100-pound hailstones that were poured out on the Egyptians, but these are 100-pound hailstones poured out on the wicked of the world. And it says that with that seventh and final plague of God's wrath, that, that these, 
the, the wicked, they, they just, they curse Yehovah God because of the severity of these plagues. Mm. But it also says, and this is uh, going back to the fourth and fifth plagues, that during these plagues being poured out on them, those bowls of God's wrath being poured out on the wicked, is that they refused to repent and give glory to the God of heaven. They just refuse. They're gonna stick with their evil no matter what. It's like a populace of pharaohs. 100%. Their hearts are so hard that they, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They are in it to the day they die. And that's exactly what happens to them. Once again, at Armageddon, they are all destroyed. And so when I look at the 10 plagues that are poured out on Egypt and specifically focusing on those first three of the 10, I clearly see it as this prophetic shadow picture of the great tribulation. We will go through that. Three plagues, three and a half years of great tribulation. But then there's this distinction, there's a deliverance, there's a redemption made. Now, my people will not go through any of these next plagues, none of them. So we got three that represent the great tribulation, then we got the next seven that represent the wrath of the almighty God. Yehovah is his name and he declares it, I am Yehovah. I'm, I'm going to war against the evil. I'm going to war against these, these pagan deities and those that serve these pagan deities. If you are of the world, well then, I, Yehovah, I'm going to war against you. Yeah. <laughs> and my wrath will be poured out on you. And so, you will lose. And you will lose. <laughs> it's a guarantee. Yeah. You're not going to win this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You're not going to win. Uh, Pharaoh, you're just a man. Yeah. Uh, president of this nation or that nation, king of this nation or that nation, you're not going to win. You're just men and you're just women. You will not win. Right. And, and there's, there's so much hope that we can receive from this message where, yes, we're going to go through hard times. We are going through hard times and it's going to get harder and harder leading up to that three and a half year period of great tribulation. But the hope is there that we're not appointed to the wrath God has already told us from Exodus that he will put a deliverance right there. Those days will be shortened. We will be redeemed. We will be caught up into the cloud. We will be separated from the Egyptians. And those that are causing such chaos and such havoc and such sorrow throughout the whole world, well, they're going to get what's coming to them. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if not in this world, then in that battle for sure. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Yeshua said, fear not because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Yeah, you're going to have tribulation, but you're not appointed to the wrath. Mm. Only the Egyptians yep. are appointed to the wrath. And it's been that way ever <laughs> since the Exodus. That's where we get all this from. Nothing 100%. new under the sun. Yes, yeah. and I just, I have to conclude with just once again, praising Yehovah. I just got to say hallelujah because... It's as he said in Isaiah 46 that I declared the end from the beginning. Mm. And when we're looking at the, the, the gold and honey of the Torah, the spirit and truth of it, we see his word proven again and again and again. Well, we have one and more. It's so delicious. <laughs> yes, it is. And we have one more episode to go. Yes. And uh, this is sort of a, a summary of everything and just a, a beautiful teaching. I'm not even going to tell what it's about. So we're <laughs> we're going to go to that next week. So one more week. Uh, uh, Jake, thank you so much for joining us. It's, and, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All so right. So one more. All right. You join us too, right? One more teaching from Jake Hilton next week. Be here. It is the gold and honey of the Torah with Jake Hilton. And I uh, hope you're enjoying this. Until we see you next week. Shabbat shalom.